0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show, the show that's like turkey gizzards, only a few people get them, and even fewer people like them. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational But always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast And I am your host, Brian Levine Coming to you on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving here in the USA Uh, And uh, it's a holiday week here And next, well, I guess the day after Thanksgiving Officially kicks off the Christmas holiday season for me I'm not going to set up any Christmas decorations or anything like that beforehand there, I said it. All right, but on tonight's show in pipe parts, I will recap my uh, trip to the West Coast Pipe Show for you, and then my guest is uh, David Huber. David's coming back on because at the show uh, he started to tell me about he uh, he spent five weeks traveling around uh, Denmark and Germany visiting with uh, pipe folk there and started telling me some of the stuff. So I said, hold on. And we, uh, we hooked up uh, last week and recorded this. And uh, so you get to hear about David Huber's travels around Denmark. Uh, we'll have a big mailbag to get caught up on music and a, uh, and a rave. All that coming up on the Thanksgiving holiday episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Now, remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this show. And do us all a favor. If you're on iTunes, please uh, leave us a rating or a review. I guess that's Apple Podcasts now is what they call it. We would appreciate that. And uh, share the Pipes Magazine radio show. Let all your pipe-smoking friends know that you listen to it. And, uh, well, you don't have to enjoy it to listen to it or share it. Just let them know. Um, also, I am still uh, got a couple of emails in recently, and I appreciate those. Still soliciting ideas, requests for pipe parts. What do you want to hear? What uh, what questions do you have? Uh, that would be great. And and in January we'll have a brand new segment because I got to talk to Jeff Graysick and uh, Jeff is going to come on once a month or so and do a ask the pipe maker. Segment for us. So, if you have questions for pipe makers, you know how do you handle this? How do you deal with that? What's the difference between uh, this and this? Technical stuff. Email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com, and we'll start loading those up for Jeff, and we'll have them on you know once a month or so and answer a question for us. So, send me those questions. Ask a pipe maker. You know, technical stuff. Uh, ambiguous stuff whatever it want, whatever you want to do just start sending those in to me and we'll start racking those up with Jeff all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go
1: this is Phil Morgan general manager of Missouri Corn Corncob Pipes in Washington Missouri
0: we are back on the pipes magazine radio show and all right so the trip started off with a fairly nice flight out to the west coast from charlotte nonstop. uh and again i i ended up going out there for longer than i wanted to because we saved 450 or 500 total by going out for six days instead of going out for four so you know you want to tell me to go to vegas and save money okay i will uh so we get out there and the only issue i had with the hotel was yeah you know, there was there was just no smoking rooms they they're still in the middle of remodeling their uh remodeling their uh their tower and they didn't have I so i wasn't able to get a smoking room and there was about uh, from what i understand 30 other reservations that were not able to get smoking rooms so all right so i had to live with that um the remodeled room is really nice they did a nice job of expanding the bathroom and giving you a good bathroom area and the bed was fine and you know everything was fine uh, the other issue that the hotel had was their coffee shop was closed so uh, with the coffee shop and with the irish pub being closed uh that changed where the pipe guys gathered Uh, the problem that I had was there was no place really to get a quick bite to eat. There was two new restaurants and a buffet and the Italian place, and that was it. So if you just wanted to get a quick sandwich or something, no more Subway, that was gone. So, you know, we had to punt. But uh, the Pipe Guys started gathering on Thursday night and then more on Friday night, and most of us gathered in this beautiful new sports bar area uh, right by the sports book had... Plenty of tables and chairs. And, uh, you know, at one point, I think I counted there might have been 50 of us in that uh, bar area, you know, drinking, smoking, and talking. And people would come and go. And, yeah, you know, there was, uh, you know, shuffling around of chairs, but that was a lot of fun. All right, to the show itself uh, the show floor opened on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., and there was a really good rush of people for the first two, two and a half hours. Uh, I shared my table with uh, Ryan Alden, and it was the first time I'd shared my table with a pipe maker ever. He brought nine pipes, and two hours later he only had three or four, and then I think he ended up going home with three total. So it was kind of fun to watch that rush of stuff. Uh, I did give out a whole bunch of uh, buttons to listeners that came up and told me that they love the Pipes Magazine radio show, so that was nice. Uh, well, we also had a really good position in the room because to my left was paul and sue bender from the chicago pipe club and sue always brings me some of her uh, special homemade cookies and to our right was jeff gracek of uh, j allen and allen brothers pipe so we got to spend time with jeff and right behind us was steve fallon the pipe stud and his wife so that was uh, that was nice to get to visit with them and then the entire row across from us was a handful of collectors from Florida and the East Coast. yeah, uh, you know, again, just a, a really good group of people to have at a table around you for that amount of time. Uh, the show floor was busy most of the day on Saturday, except for you know right around lunchtime, there was a bit of a lull. So I didn't get a chance to venture out too far. Uh, I did get to uh, go over and take a look at, uh, you know, several tables of pipe makers. And uh, it was just, you know, again, a lot of a lot of artisan pipes, a lot of new pipes there. Uh, You know, just a lot of really good stuff. However, one of the benefits to being an exhibitor is that you get to get into the room early. And uh, Steve Fallon had a pipe for sale on his table that I thought was fairly you know was was reasonably priced and before the show had opened I kind of spent my pipe budget on a El Tang bamboo poker and a state pipe that you know I need to get cleaned up but you know again I got into the room early got a great deal um, so that was that uh, I, I did skip over on uh, on Friday night uh, my wife and I went out to dinner with uh, with Rick Newcomb and Jeff Graysick was there Ernie Markle Uh, If I'm leaving others out, I apologize because there was about 10 or 12 of us that went out for dinner together. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, Kind of fun for my wife to get (laughs) tortured by a bunch of pipe guys talking about pipe stuff at dinner. (laughs) But anyway, that was fun. Uh, Saturday night, she and I went to one of my favorite restaurants. If you're ever in Las Vegas and you get a chance, go to Mona Mi Gabi at the Paris Hotel. It's one of my absolute favorites. Uh, my, my favorite, my favorite takeaway from the show, uh, was when Marsha Kramer Keller of Kramer's tobacco shop brought me two absolutely wonderful books on Disney. And in particular on the Sherman brothers that she had, and she's starting to clean stuff out and she knew that I would love them. Uh, they're two coffee table sized books that I absolutely love. Uh, I had a couple other folks gift me, uh, Mickey Mouse pins that they had in there uh you know laying around and uh that was great um pipe wise on Saturday night you know after my wife and I went out to dinner we went uh we went and hung out with the pipe guys got to uh got to spend some time with uh, Lord of the pipe rings uh got to see uh, <laughs> uh Devo from the Las Vegas Pipe club who's now retired and starting his new job he had a table again just yeah. You know, the the pipe show is the perfect size i would estimate about uh 90 tables and all day saturday the tables were busy on sunday instead of having a real sunday lull drop off 10 a.m came around and again the tables were busy uh 10 a.m all the way up until closing at 3 p.m when they had to make an announcement all right y'all got to get going y'all got to get out and get gone um and again, then uh, you know, once we got packed up, it was off to uh, in and out Burger for the second time with uh, Pete Prevost and uh, and Micah from uh, uh, from Briarworks. So I got to hang out with them for a little bit before they had to hit the road back. Uh, Sunday night, more uh, smoking and drinking in the bar, and then uh, Monday, my wife and I pretty much did the tourist thing and saw a show. On uh, on Monday night we saw we saw Terry Fader who was hysterical, and then Tuesday we came home, and then what you are hearing now is the remnants of my annual. I'm going to Las Vegas in the fall cold. So <laughs> I thought I was going to escape it this year, but nope, I didn't. All right, there is the uh, West Coast Pipe Show in a nutshell, and again the best part of it is hanging out with people and uh, you know getting to see a lot of pipes and talk a lot of tobaccos and just get to visit with everybody in just a moment we will have david huber this is internet radio being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at cornell and deal from the seller series to the small batch project we're extremely proud of how far we've come So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept— one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us again is David Huber. And David, the last time you were on the show was uh, November of 2014, so literally almost four years ago exactly uh but at this most recent west coast pipe show we were talking about your whirlwind trip of pipe makers of denmark and i said stop talking right there i want to record this so here we are sitting down to record it and 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 hear about your trip but uh, first let's welcome back to the pipes magazine radio show pipe maker David Huber David officially welcome back again
1: thanks so much for having me Brian it's an honor to be back and
0: and and this is gonna be fun because uh, so let's just catch up I mean if anybody wants to hear the original uh, the original episode was uh, number 112 back in November of 2014 so We'll, you know, we'll, we'll learn if you want to hear the origin story about the, uh, about the actor turned uh, sound designer turned pipe maker, go hear that. Uh, but what, what's been going on the last four years?
1: Well, so much has changed in the last four years, Brian. Thanks for asking. Um, since then, um, my wife and I have purchased our first house in Durham. So we're here for a while now. Um, (laughs) I upgraded a lot of things in my studio and I moved my studio into Liberty Arts, which is an arts collaborative um, made up of about 13 artists. Um, Everybody works in uh, different mediums, metal, glass. Um, We have a a printing press there as well. And then there's me. Um, So I've been working in my studio there for about two years now. um, And I love it there. It's so great to have a community of artisans who are all doing something a little different. Um, um, in, In addition to that, you know, like I've been practicing making the best pipes that I can. Um, and uh, I've, I've come a long way. Um, I, I feel like I have anyway. Um, and I, I've, I've been really honored to pick up um, a couple of, of mentors. Uh, Nana Iverson has been mentoring me for a couple of years now. Uh, Alex Florov has been um, mentoring me as well. Uh, Pramal Cheda has continued to be a mentor to me. Um, and this August, just before I went to Denmark, um, I spent a couple of days with Jeff Grasic. In San wow. Diego, which
0: was a real honor. So you you have literally been, I mean, I, I'm i interested in the, in the Liberty Arts Collaborative because you get to see other artists working in their mediums. Uh, is there anything that you've kind of, I don't know, picked up on or seen and tried to apply it into the pipe craft?
1: I've mostly been focused on my own work and enjoying the camaraderie of having other artists who aren't focused on pipes and getting their input um, because having having other artisans eyes who just aren't used to looking at pipes have a kind of a unique viewpoint we're um, in the pipe community my experience is that like we're all used to looking at you know great amazing high-grade pipes and you know that image kind of gets burned into our, our, our brains and so something that I really value is having people with a really good eye for wine and aesthetics who aren't used to seeing things like that. you know, yeah. Being able to ask them, hey, would you take a look at this? What do you think? Um, and being able to get uh, just a different type of feedback has been really valuable. Um, and uh, since uh, my trip to Denmark, one thing that I actually want to do, I'm, I have a bunch of different ideas that I really want to explore, and some of those do involve um, maybe taking some classes, uh, from some of the other artists. Um, we have a wood Turner named Leland Webb. He's a fantastic, accomplished wood Turner. Um, and he's a person that I want to work with, uh, to maybe pick up some new skills, um, that I can start applying to my own work.
0: Wow. All right. So let, let, us get to this trip to, uh, the, the trip to Denmark. And if you can just kind of go through it, uh, day by day in in order and, I guess the, uh, the the first question for me as a travel agent type is, how do, uh, you were there for a while. How do you plan all this in advance?
1: It took me a long time. Um, I received my invitation um, to visit Denmark from João Reis. Uh, he's a Portuguese pipe maker who's been in Denmark for uh, about 15 years now. Um, he and I met in Chicago this year, and we really hit it off. Um, and he immediately said, you've got to come spend some time with me. And I, and I was like, of course I would love to do that. Um, so from there, um, after the Chicago show, I got home and I immediately hit the ground running. I was, <laughs> um, so excited, um, to be able to go spend time with Schwau and, um, spend time in Denmark, um, that I just immediately started planning and, um, not, not to, to go into all the details of that, but it, it took me several months to really get everything in place. And, um, you know, I contacted um, Nana, um and I, I contacted um, Tom Meltang and several others who um, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll get to talk about here shortly. Um, prior to my trip, um, just to say, I'm gonna be in Denmark and, um, you know, we've been working together for a little while. It would be a great honor for me to come and spend time in your shop. And across the board, everyone said, yeah, it would be great to have you. Yeah, just let us know. <laughs> what dates you'd like to come spend with, with me and when I'll see you then. Um, so once I got all of that in order, um, I feverishly booked train tickets and bus <laughs> tickets. And, uh, I, I did make a, a short trip to Germany while I was in Denmark. And, and so, uh, the, the coordination was definitely a challenge. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, but boy, it was worth it. The preparation um, really helped me to make the most out of the trip, I think. All
0: right, uh, just in case we didn't mention it, you were there for what? Five weeks?
1: Uh, five weeks. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, so where'd you go first?
1: My first stop was Joao. Um So I, I landed in Copenhagen, and I took the train out to Finn, or the island of Finn, yep. um, and to Faber, um, which is in uh, the southwest of Finn. Um, which is where um, Joao and Kai Nielsen, who was one of his uh, mentors, are both living now. Um, I I stayed with Kai. Uh, He was very, very kind and generous um, and and invited me to stay with him while I was there. Um, And so I spent two weeks um, working with Joao in his workshop in in Faberg. And uh, during that time, um, I, I spent a couple of days working with Kai as well in his workshop um, which was really wonderful. Um, you know, Kai has been in the industry for 50 years, a little over 50 years. Yeah. And, um, his workshop has collected so many fantastic tools and, um, so many interesting custom tools too. um, the, the almost, you know, I would describe them as imaginative in their problem solving. Um, but, the, so that's, that's sort of where I started. Um, and Joao and I had a great time together. Um, I learned so much from him. He, he showed me some um, techniques uh, from drilling first and, instead of shaping first that were new and really interesting to me. Um, and that's, those are some skills that I'm, I'm gonna be applying for some, some new designs um, and some, some new stuff that I'm really interested in exploring. Um, after I left Joao's shop, um oh actually I should backtrack just a little bit because yeah. during that time, um Nena mentioned to me that there was a big event going on at the Danish pipe shop. Um it was the the book release. Yeah. Um yeah. And so, you know, I had just taken a three hour train ride to Saburg, but I was like, Oh okay, I'll come back. <laughs> so, um Two days after I arrived in Fauburg, I was back on the train and, and back to Copenhagen, and that's where um, I met uh, Per and Olsen um, from from bang uh, Per, Milton Schmier, uh, I'm sorry, Per Hansen and Olsen, Milton Schmier um, from S-Bang. Um, and it was there that I, I showed them a pipe that I had made that I was smoking, and they were both very impressed, and uh, I said, well, could I come by your shop for a day? They said, please do. So um, I was also able to visit them briefly while I was in Denmark. Uh, but so to the end of my visit was, was a while, When that came to a close, um, I was headed to Copenhagen, um, sort of on the long way to Copenhagen uh, to hop a train to Germany. Um, and on, on my way there, I stopped to visit former. Um, and so I, I spent a day with him and that even just a day was incredibly illuminating. Um, his workshop is stunning. It is, um, <laughs> for, to me, it is like one of the most beautiful dream pipe shops. <laughs> um, and, I mean, he's, former has been so influential in the industry in his life, and he's committed his life to making great pipes. And uh, he also has so many um, cool... Uh, different tricks and processes uh, that really help him to make great pipes and make them efficiently. Um, While I was there, um, I I was there for an eight-hour day, and um, over an eight-hour day of relaxed coffee and um, smoking our pipes and talking and having little snacks, he hammered out a beautiful sandblasted Apple and it was huge, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it was amazing to watch him do this. Um, I it, he he knew uh, as he shaped it, he rattled off all these different numbers and measurements and um, that that he just knows by heart and by hand and by eye. Um, but he he also knew how to teach them, which. I was really very impressed by um, so th- that was an amazing visit and um, at the end you know it was clear to me one day wasn't going to be long enough to really <laughs> get the most out of visiting former and so you know I mentioned to him I would love to come back and he said I'd love to have you back um, and so I'll, I'll I'll be going back um, in the next year for about a week um, to study with former again to learn all that I can from him. Um, after I left Former was when I went and spent a day with S-Bang, and that was fascinating as well. I, I loved their shop for different reasons than I loved, say, Former's shop. Their shop is very straightforward. Um, it is They have what they need and nothing else. Um, they have spent the last 40-plus years um, refining their process, and getting all the tools exactly as they need them. And so they just cut off all the fat, which I think um, is really kind of indicative you know, of the pipes that they make, right? They cut off all the fat. Nothing that is unnecessary is present. And it seems to be a philosophy that they carry um, from their workshop to their pipes. Um, so it was a real honor to get to spend time with them. From there, hop the plane to Germany um, to spend a few days with German collector Ulrich Furler. Um, he's, uh, lovingly known as Uli. Um, so I got there to study his collection. He is one of the finest collections of high grade artisan pipes in the world. And I was not disappointed. (laughs) I have not had the opportunity many times in my life to handle, um, a bone Nord pipe. Um, but, but with Uli, I was, I got the opportunity to to handle nearly 40, um, it was um, a, it was a little dizzying, I would say. Um, but uh, that was just scraping the surface. Um, he had pipes from everybody that you've ever heard of, um, who is at the top of the industry, and he had a lot of them. Um, so I took very detailed notes from that visit, um, and I feel like from a design standpoint, I. I just got to dip my head in, in into the design education bucket, <laughs> so to speak. Let's take a
0: so let's was, let's take a break right here because I got a couple of sure. questions about stuff that you've already talked about, and we're not even what uh, we're not even halfway through your trip yet. So, we'll take okay. a break and then we'll be right back.
2: What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today.
0: And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, getting the uh, getting the tour of Denmark, and then uh, and Uli's pipes from David Huber. Uh, David, two two quick questions. Uh, one, when you're looking at like those, you know, when you're looking at forty Bo nords, or uh, I've seen some of Uli's pipes when he's brought them to Chicago and displayed them. Uh, what you know besides the beauty of them are you looking at proportions angles measurements what yeah. are you looking at all of that and trying to trying to grab that from other pipe makers
1: absolutely anytime that i look at a pipe from a, a maker that i respect i'm looking at everything um, i'm very interested in first you know the design the overall proportions you know what is this pipe look like from every angle you know i want to see um like even weird angles that you might not um really pay attention to on a regular basis you know I'm, I'm curious about those things um i am also really curious about the way that the product is uh finished on the inside so i always remove stems um i want to see especially on so, like, on, like, a flush mount fit, um, I want to see what the the, front, the face of the stem and the tendon look like. I want to see what the bevel on the inside of the tendon looks like. Um, I want to see what the the face of the shank looks like. You know, is it stained? Is it polished? Is it, um, you know, any, any number of different styles of, of finishing. Um, right. What does the mortise look like? What does the bevel into the mortise look like? And so on and so forth. Um, so those, those sorts of details are really important to me and I'm always really excited to to, to look at those things, especially from pipe makers that I have a great deal of respect for.
0: Yeah. And and especially from pipe makers that aren't with us anymore.
1: Yeah. Especially, especially them. Cause I can't ask Bo a question. You know, there's no, th- there's no chance for me to bump into him at a pipe show or even, you know, to be lucky enough to go and visit him in his workshop, he's, he's not with us. So, you know, he can't share that information directly anymore. Yeah. So the best opportunity that I could have to learn as much as I can from him is to study the work when it's in my hands.
0: And, and then the next question is, when you're in the shops with these guys, are you actually, what, did you get a chance to make a pipe while you were there in some of these shops? Or were you just kind of watching them do their thing?
1: A little bit of both. Um, The people that I spent more time with, I did make pipes with. So I made two pipes with with Kai Nielsen. I made three pipes with Zoual. Um, When I visited Tom Elting, which we'll talk about a little later, um, I made two pipes with him, and I, I made two pipes with Nena. Um, I'm not sure how many I'll make when I go back to visit former, but you know we'll see.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's continue on with the trip because uh, I. I You've already got me drooling with uh, with Uli's pipes and and <laughs> and seeing all those but uh I want to hear about the other pipe makers.
1: Okay. While I was visiting Uli, um he set up a, an appointment to go and drop in on Cornelius Mates. So
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll just swing so, by.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so we did so. You know, um I was uh, I was thrilled to get to meet Cornelius. Um he and I have never interacted before, but when, when we got there, he met me with a warm smile and a huge hug. Um, <laughs> he was um, just such a genuine and warm person, um, and he was so excited to have us as his guests. Um, so that was a real treat. And by the end of the day, um, he and I talked about my coming back for a longer visit so that <laughs> I could actually learn with him a little. So, um, so yeah, so as you can see, there's already some return trips sort of piling up, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. which is very exciting, um, and it's you know, it's a really it's a really huge honor for me, especially like from someone like Cornelius, who you know I've just met to to, to be willing to have me come and spend some committed time working with him. It's it's really it, it really warms my heart, you know. Um, after visiting Cornelius, um, we went. Back to Uli's, I studied a little more, and then I hopped a plane in Stuttgart and went back to Denmark. Um, when I got back to Denmark, was when I went and spent two days studying with Nana. Um, she, her workshop is so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is on on the property where she lives, um, and it's just a stone's throw from her front door, and it's uh, it's very charming. She has plants everywhere um and it the there's so much natural light um in there and she also uh keeps um a a pretty minimalist workshop she has what she needs and um her focus is on making great pipes with exactly the right tools and so she's you know over her career she's gotten everything just so um it was a real treat to get to spend time with Nana and to learn from her and to get to know her her boys a little bit. Um yeah. her sons Matt Madison and Sexton were in and out of the shops frequently. Um they're both you know young and rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> um and just a lot of fun to have around. Um I'm I'm also planning to go and spend some more committed time with Nana in the future and of course all of these trips have yet to be planned but um, I am looking forward to planning them um, with all these different people. Um, after I uh, after the visit with Nena uh, came to a close, um, I went for my final visit of the trip was which was to Tom El Tang. Um, so I I got to spend three days with Tom, um, and while I was there, um, every day uh, Johannes Rasmussen was also there. Um, who uh, he he's the uh, grandson of Yulia. An- um, oh wow. Yeah. Um, And so he, uh, he, uh, Johannes makes sir pipes. Um, So if, if you've, if you've seen those um, around, uh, he's he's making pipes for um, about seven years. uh, And I I think he's a a great new pipe maker and, you know, it's, it's in the blood for him. So it was really a a treat to get to spend time with him and the workshop um, of Tom as well. And Tom, like former um, has really created this, Pipe makers' playground, so to speak. <laughs> um, yeah. Tom, I think, is, is very well known for creating not not just fantastic, gorgeous, high grade pipes, but also pipes that are that are accessible to everybody. Um, and his workshop is set up to do just that every day. So when I arrived, the first thing that we did was um, the, the three of us finished fifty pipes for. Um, a, a new series that I'm sure he'll, he'll be coming out with soon. Um, and then the next day we sat down and we started making um, some of our higher end work together. And I watched him make a snail um, from start to finish in a day. Um, you know, the, the rumors are true. Tom is fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it was incredible to watch him work. Um, and it was so much fun to spend time with him in his shop. Um, a, a couple of times, Tom teased me and said, you're doing that way too slow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, so I, I, came home with, uh, two pipes, um, that I made with Tom, three with Joao and two with Nena. Um, and it, the trip was just so incredible. I, I learned so much. Um, I, I got to practice some new techniques and, um, learn how to do some things that, um, I, I just hadn't known you could do in the way that some of these pipe makers were doing them. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to start applying them to my own work. Um, it's going to take a long time to process so much amazing information. Um, but, uh, I, I know that with time as I'm able to do that my work is going to I mean, I'm just really excited to see where things go but I'm 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 excited about it
0: did you take notes or pictures or video of processes so that you could remember all of this
1: all of the above yeah <laughs> um, um I took detailed photos when I was in the workshop um with permission of course um and uh, and and also video um, and then every night when I uh, would return to where I was staying, um, I, I had my laptop with me and I would not only journal you know, a, about what happened that day, but um, I wrote down very detailed step-by-step notes for each of the processes that I had learned. Um, so I have, I have quick and easy access to everything that I need to, to remember the things that I learned.
0: And does each pipe maker kind of uh, lay out their equipment the, in the same order or do they have all the, or is it completely random and it's how they've kind of laid out their workshop for them?
1: My, my, my experience and one of the most interesting things that I took away um, from this trip was that everybody has different tools. I mean, some of them overlap, right? There, there are many tools that everybody yeah. uses. But um, there were also many tools that each pipe maker had just come to use through their own experience and through the way that they approach making the best product that they can. Um, so that, that was also very exciting to me, um, you know, the way that one person might use sandpaper is different than the way another person might use sandpaper, like by hand or, you know, um, The way that one person um, works a stem is different from another way, from the way another person um, works on a stem, Um, and all of it works for the way that they approach making their best work, and it all works, right? Um, Everybody's focus, uh, in my experience, was the final product. What's going to get me the best product, um, and how 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 can I create a process that works for me to get me there? Um, so th- that that really impacted me to see that um, everybody had had figured out what works for them um, to get them their best product.
0: Yeah, so I guess there's there's the basics of a you know of a lay, the belt sander and yeah you know, and and a drill press, and then it's just how it all kind of works into their own flow and and their own stylings.
1: I think that's one of the beautiful things about Artisan Pipes, is that they're so personal. Um, You know, the pipes that Nana makes are so her, um, and the pipes that Tom makes are so him. Um, And nobody else can make a pipe just like they can. Like, there's something very special about that. Um, And that's, I think, one of the reasons that I fell in love with Artisan Pipes in the first place I think that's one of the things that keeps so many people coming back.
0: And were there any, uh, secrets that they wouldn't tell you or kind of, uh, was there a, uh, was there a corner of a workshop covered up in burlap that you were told not to look under?
1: <laughs> there was an elephant in some rooms, but I only knew because the trunk was sticking out from the burlap. Um, <laughs> for the most part, everybody was very open. Um, with me, which um, I I was I was very honored by. It. Um, yeah, there was no question that was dismissed. Um, nobody um, hid anything that I knew of, um, and uh, yeah, everybody seems very excited to have me um, and really excited to teach me everything that they could.
0: <laughs> Tom El Tang told me one time. He said, "I'll tell you all my secrets because it'll take you twenty years of experience to catch up to me." <laughs>
1: That sounds right to me. Uh, How was the, uh,
0: how was the food and the drinks? I
1: thought that the food was good. Um, I ate a lot of fish while (laughs) I was there. Um, Yeah. um, And uh, I really enjoyed the the local beers. Um, The uh, two classic was I think the beer that we drank the most. Um, Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed the drinks. Um, I really enjoyed the culture and the people. Um, Danish people, in my experience, very warm and and authentic. And I I yeah. really enjoyed that.
0: It's one of the one. It's one of the safest feelings I've ever had in a foreign country.
1: Yeah, me too. I can relate.
0: And the trains are really comfortable. Um, the trains were very comfortable so the the pipes that you made over there what happened to them did they come back here are they for sale now did you sell them already
1: i have three that i have a a few finishing touches um to put on before they'll be ready for sale but the others have already sold
0: and where can we go to see the pipes see pictures of them Uh, now you got me all excited (laughs) i want to see if i can figure out which one you were making where and what you were thinking then
1: (laughs) Well, I I would be very excited to hear what what your guesses are. Um,
0: (laughs) They'd all be wrong, but they'd be good guesses.
1: (laughs) Hey, I I think any guess is an interesting guess. Um, You can follow me online and by direct um, if you follow me at DSH Pipes on Instagram or Facebook. You can message me through my website at dshpipes.com or you can purchase through any of my retailers smokingpipes.com scannedpipes.com Blue Room Briars The Pipe and Pint in Greensboro, North Carolina and Pulver's Prior Briar
0: Oh, good old Marty It was so much fun to see him
1: He is great I love the guy
0: uh, what is there any tip that you can give to any of the other pipe makers that may want to do this uh, pilgrimage?
1: Take the time to develop good relationships people you admire
0: and they'll and they'll return the favor
1: yeah it's all about community here
0: yeah uh david we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions you get them again and you have not had time to go back and listen to what you gave before so we'll see if it's changed um
1: okay i'm ready (laughs)
0: if if i really want to go back there and listen that far back uh but anyway uh what is your favorite pipe one that i made <laughs> <laughs> all right do you have a favorite one that you made
1: i do yeah um so i, I realize this isn't fast but um my favorite pipe um is uh, a shape that i make fairly frequently uh called the the copperhead um it's uh you'll see me smoking it at basically any pipe show i have smoked it to death it's uh, my favorite <laughs>
0: uh what is your favorite tobacco
1: Basically any aged Virginia, um, but Stonehenge Flake is definitely in my top two.
0: What is your favorite drink? Rum and Coke. And when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? A book. And then the final one, and I'm going to limit you on this, because normally I let you come up with any favorite pipe-smoking-related memory, uh, but... Do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory from this trip that we haven't talked about?
1: Yeah. I would say that my favorite pipe-related uh, memory from this trip was um, staying up late um, with Nene Everson having drinks, and talking about life.
0: Oh, and I know her property, that had to be beautiful sitting outside <laughs> as, the, as the midnight sun is setting. Oh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, uh, David, it was great to see you at the West Coast show, and thanks for coming on and doing this. And I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing to seeing how uh, seeing how you adapt all these <laughs> all this experience.
1: Thanks, Brian. Me too. It was great to see you too at the show, and I'm really honored to be back on the show. Thanks.
0: And we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste, and whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. And we are back, and I, uh, I, you know, I'm... I'm interested to see how uh, David's work changes uh, now. And uh, sewer pipes, S-U-H-R, made by Johannes Rasmussen. You can search for them on uh, Google by S-U-H-R. All right, music-wise, going completely off the beaten path before we start with the holiday music next week. So I've seen the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody movie, the movie about Queen, twice now. Loved it even more the second time and uh, have been re-listening to a lot of Queen music recently. Uh, this, one, this one song in particular, One Vision, kind of sticks with me. And I think it's a uh, great message for the Thanksgiving holiday. So here's uh, Queen Freddie Mercury doing One Vision. In some way Queen's music is kind of like pipe smoking where it kinda it, it changed, it evolved, they hit different styles at times. It just uh, you know it, it again it's like pipe smoking. You never you uh, you never settled on one pipe and one tobacco for the rest of your life. Check your mailbox you moron All right, we've got a big mailbag to go through so here it comes. Uh, going back to two weeks ago the final uh, story time with Sykes Lord of the Pipe Rings writes, I'm currently working on shrinking down my collection to fewer pipes of better quality. I've been sending in about five to six uh, to Smoking Pipes Estate Department at a time for store credit, which I then put towards a new pipe. Basically, I'm trading in entry-level Petersons and Savinellis for one pipe from Sam Adebayo or Ryan Alden or Pete Prevost. I highly recommend looking at the estate section at Smoking Pipes. That's where you can get some really good deals on well-cared-for pipes from bigger-name carvers. Can't wait to see it at the West Coast show. Have a safe flight out here. I'll be cracking open a 10-year-old tin of McBaron Burley London Blend for the show that I'll be sharing. And we did get to hang out. In fact, I gave him a tin, uh, a pouch of probably some 30-year-old McBaron Burley stuff that I'd picked up along the way. And then uh, Casey Ghost writes, I caught your interview with Mike Murphy on of Pipe and Tamper, and it was really good. I hope more people begin listening to his show. Your advice on how to begin a collection was very good. I think estates are a great way to go, but I do worry what effect this will have on the carvers. Starting with less expensive pipes will permit collectors to get their feet wet without damaging their pockets too much. They then can decide if they want to step up or not. Loved listening to you and Sykes talking about some of the great collections you got to examine while you worked for them. That was really something. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then Crash the, Ga- Crash the Gray writes, I forgot last time the show after I mentioned new commercials. There were some. <laughs> a lot of funny coincidence. Uh, yeah, we were just waiting for you. Uh, and then he says, I feel like your quintessential list is incomplete without K Woody. Personally, one pre-World War II or on one brand new push stem. I love the interview and analysis of collectors through their estates. Great song and, congr- and congratulations on the Clean Bill of Health. Uh, let me go back to the K. Woody. I, I do have a list of quintessential estate pipes that I think people should look at. So that's coming up. Uh, And then Ira the writing rabbi says great show best of the three with Sykes. I especially liked his admission that he is a terrible pipe smoker doesn't clean his pipes etc. I fit right in with him. Not that I don't eventually clean my pipes but I appreciated his less snooty approach. Love the various anecdotes about the estate pipes you evaluated together especially the especially the Aaron Spelling. I enjoyed your interview with Mike. I've been listening to him since episode one. I enjoy his show. Good luck with the airlines. Thanks. Uh, And if you're not listening to uh, Mike Murphy's The Pipe and Tamper, it's available on Apple Podcasts and all those other places, too. So you should be doing that. Uh, And then going back to last week's show uh, with Mark Johnson or MJ. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, real good show tonight. I agree that for most folks, estates are the way to go. I think Brad Pullman would be an excellent carver to get a pipe from. He's unappreciated, but he makes a pipe that will have your tobacco talking to you. Love the interview with Mark Johnson. I'm a fan of Sherlock Holmes and was going to order the book until you mentioned zombies. I literally can't stand zombie stories. Now I'll have to wait until the reviews start coming in. And the news from uh, from Mark on the book is that the book has been put on hold until June. So we've got uh, six seven months, or in uh, in uh, Casey Ghost's case, he's got uh, six seven months to uh, get uh, to get ready for zombies coming after him. But anyway, the book will be out in June, and I will let you know when it does hit the. Uh, I guess it doesn't hit the newsstands anymore. Uh, when it hits the uh, the upload stands, uh, and then. Uh, Piper Egar Piper says, The Mark Johnson interview solved two great mysteries in my life, and for that I will be eternally grateful, or until I forget again. I did most of my graduate studies in Louisville back in the 80s, and a major part of the curriculum was smoking my pipe, but I have no memory of where I got my tobacco, etc. The second mystery is a bent billiard that predates my memory but has been in my regular rotation for as long as I remember. The brand name on the pipe is Sir Calabash. While it's a fabulous smoker, it's clearly a basket pipe uh, clearly basket pipe quality or possibly one step above. After he mentioned the Sir Calabash store, a flood of memories came back to me. Uh, Bashford Manor was a really cool mall and we could go out there quite often to window shop and let the little Munchkin stretch his legs outside the apartment. I got my tobacco at Sir Calabash. I couldn't afford tin tobacco, but their house blends were really good, and the pipe is no doubt an in-house brand. Prior to this, uh, I've never been able to find any information on Sir Calabash-branded pipes. Thanks for clearing up a black hole in my memory and flooding me with fond thoughts of writing brilliant essays for unappreciative professors while smoking my pipe. (laughs) There you go. We were able to uh, solve a mystery with a mystery writer. And then Crash the Gray writes, good show, great interview. I'm always hesitant when people wish to add to the Doyle Canaan. But Mark's description of the research and copyright tell me that he has at least tried to honor the material. Very interesting. I'm looking forward to the release. And uh, remember, again, if you have any questions or comments for me, you can email me directly at pipesmagazine.com or uh, uh, brian at pipesmagazine.com or travel-related stuff, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. And uh, Joseph Maiello writes... Uh, I'm just writing because I'd like to tell you how much I appreciate your Pipes Magazine radio show. Without taking up too much of your time, let me start by saying that when I was 18, my uncle passed away and my grandmother happened to offer me his pipe collection. It wasn't an, an extensive collection, but he had some pieces that really spoke to me. Being a cigarette smoker at the time, and my only relationship with pipe smoking being the amazing smell that would waft through the house as he came in for holiday parties... I began going to the local smoke shop and buying cheap tobacco so that I could quit cigarettes and begin to get my fix in a more nostalgic way. So for the next 21 years, I smoked my cheap pipe tobacco in order to get my nicotine fix, not having a clue as to the amazing world that was hiding right under my nose. One day it dawned on me that I should investigate this ancient art a bit more, and I did just that. I found a few sites, most importantly, smokingpipes.com and pipesmagazine.com, and was completely blown away. Over the past three years, I've developed a real appreciation for the reviews of Jim Inks. Uh, that's Jim Amash, who uh, I happen to see at the uh, West Coast Pipe Show. Uh, and due to the level, of, due to the level and care, of care and detail that he gifts us with, alongside the fact that his tastes seem to be in sync with my own, Anyhow, to make a long story short, (laughs) too late, three weeks ago, I googled Jim Inks to find out that he was interviewed on your Pipes Magazine radio show, which for some strange reason I had never heard of. So naturally, I listened to it. Since then, I've been listening to as many episodes as I can and just wanted to thank you for what you do. Though I've learned so much in the past three years regarding the art of pipe smoking from many different sources, your show has really helped me step up my game You're not only hilariously entertaining, but the topics you cover are so interesting and well-explained that one would have to try very hard in order to walk away without having learned something valuable. Thanks again, and looking forward to Tuesday, Joe. Joe, I'm glad you're enjoying the show, and again, if you have any comments or questions like that, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. I really appreciate them, and enjoy them all. All right, rave time is next.
1: There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com.
0: This week is Thanksgiving in the United States, it's this Thursday, and for 65% of you that listen to the show, because the other 35% are out of the U.S., well, it doesn't mean much except it means that we're getting close to the Christmas season. So let me start off the uh, Thanksgiving thankfulness and the Christmas season with saying thank you to the pipe show organizers out there. Uh, the folks that put on these shows don't do it for profit. They do it for their, for their, own, uh, for their own pleasure, their own entertainment, and, uh, and seeing all of us have a good time. Uh, and the folks that are starting up new pipe shows, uh, you know, the guys in Texas, the guys in Richmond that are bringing back their show, uh, the, the folks in Raleigh that continue to do a show year after year, the NASPC in Columbus, Ohio, Uh, The group in St. Louis that puts on a great show every February. And, of course, the people of uh, the Chicago Pipe Club that put on that wonderful show that is the mecca of uh, pipe smoking. Uh, Let me say also thank you to the forum moderators on, uh, you know, like the forum moderators on Pipes Magazine and the forum moderators and admins on several of the very active uh, pipe smoking Facebook groups. Those guys are not doing this for profit. They're doing it because... They enjoy what they're doing and they want to make it a, uh, you know, they want to keep their groups as clean and organized as possible. And they do it without any, uh, you know, there's no money in in any of this. So they just do it out of their own goodwill. So thank you to those guys that help do that. Uh, To the folks that write on Tobacco Reviews regularly. You know, nobody's getting paid for that. Nobody's getting inundated with free tobacco and all that. They're doing it because they want to put their reviews out there. And for that, I'm thankful. And, of course, I'm thankful for all of you, the show listeners that tune in every week. So, uh, with all that being said, just thank you all. And a thank you to David Huber for joining me. Thank you all again for tuning in and until next
1: time